Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I am your host, Blazik, aka Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. Look, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry go round. But things ain't merry when you're going through the motions, fulfillment, lies, and emotions. So why go through life unavailable? You're unfailable. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Um, it's Tuesday for you. It's Sunday for us, just in case you wanted in on our um, our recording schedule. It is Sunday for us. Today, we're going to talk about anxiety. And I'm pretty stoked about this topic because... This is the topic that I think is the reason, pretty much the sole reason that that made me want to start quitting drinking. Um, once I kind of connected these dots is it was just super impactful for me once I realized like, oh, this is why this is happening. So Julia sent me a text last night. She was like, what do you think about anxiety for the topic tomorrow? I was like, great. Um, and I know how Julia likes to kick these things off. So I won't even jump the gun and, and ask a question. Julia, what is anxiety? Go ahead. I was actually, um, I'm surprised that I didn't do this. I wanted to look up like when this word like became a thing, because I feel like it's very, it's, an, it's probably another one of those words that's like, if it does have a definition, it's probably just on like urban dictionary <laughs> right now. That's just me assuming. I don't know that for sure. But um, yeah, I really didn't um, hear about the word anxiety until I started my sober curious journey. Um, I definitely knew what a hangover felt like, and I definitely knew what anxiety felt like, but I wasn't necessarily correlating the two things. I wasn't thinking that they were, um, super impactful on each other, but yeah, like once my sober curious phase began, that's when I really started to realize that um it was again like one of the sole reasons why I made this decision in the first place um so I did want to ask you though um flipping the screen because I feel like we have very different experiences when it comes to anxiety um maybe not with how we were experiencing it we may have been experiencing similar feelings but I feel like our reaction and our behavior to how to deal with it was very different. So I'll let you say your half first. So, so you're asking like, how did I deal with anxiety? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say I just kind of like clammed up in a way, like the best way that I can almost describe how I lived with anxiety versus not living with anxiety is when I'm living with anxiety, it's like, I'm caged and I'm, I'm making decisions based off of this feeling of how I feel. So mm -hmm. I'm feeling this anxiety. Therefore that's going to determine everything else throughout my day. So, okay. you know, that might mean just laying in bed. That might mean not leaving the apartment or, or whatever that might look like versus when I don't have that, or I, I wasn't having anxiety my life just felt much more free. Like I could, I could go and do what I want. I, to give you like the, a very detailed example of this, um, coffee. Like if I drank the night before I could not drink coffee the next morning or else that could be like a tipping point into saying sending me into a panic attack. Um, right. because it was just like one more 
you know, one more level that could push me over the edge. So it's just like small things like that would determine my day because of the hangover or the the drinking the night before. Yeah, I feel like um, the way that I kind of saw what you just described is like, I was very much so in survival mode versus in like me actually living and experiencing the, the benefits and like the joys of life. I was kind of just like, just trying to make it through the day because I was in such rough shape, like not only physically, but also mentally. I don't know if that's kind of what you were describing. Yeah, I would say exactly. That was a lot of my life just in, in drinking. Like when I was drinking, it was just surviving. I mean, from the outside, it might've looked like I was doing more than that. Cause I've always been a creative person. I've always like had that motivation to, to, you know, whether it's something like podcasting, cause I have another podcast, like I had a podcast before the sobriety podcast. So I would still do that when I was drinking, I would still do other things, but I almost just looked at that as like survival. Like that's a part of me. So I need to check that box, but it wasn't like a passion project. It was like, fuck, right. all right, I got to schedule this podcast and I need to do it. Cause that's what Blazik does. Cause like, that's who I am. That's what I do. Yeah. But it was still I like survival. wrote down. Yeah. I like wrote down that. Um, <laughs> I was kind of just like getting the things done that I had to get done versus like actually being productive. I wasn't really bringing anything, even if I did maybe work on um, something, my cat is currently attacking me, sorry. Um, He'll calm down in a second. Like, let's say I was like passionate about like school or something, like I would get my schoolwork done, but it's not like I was being productive or putting a lot of like passion into the things that I had to get done. I wasn't being the most creative version of myself because I was just worried about checking whatever it was off the list. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's like where the mistake comes in of like survival. Like it is survival. It is, you're, you're nailing it with that. It is survival, but it looks a little bit differently because survival can just be like checking the box and it's not like life or death, right? We're not talking life or death survival. We're more just talking like get through the day survival. So yeah, it can look decent from the outside. It can look like you're doing good things. It can look like you're thriving, but internally how it feels is, is survival mode. It's not, it's not like I'm looking forward to going on this walk with my dog. I'm doing it because I have to check that off the box. So just a lot of things throughout the day like that. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself, but also the next, well, we kind of already answered this question with the last question, but I did also want to just ask you um, kind of like what you were just saying, like what was the internal conversation like happening in your head? Because probably on the outside, yeah, just because we are the way that we are in terms of like, we're successful with work, like on paper, we look successful and like, there's nothing really wrong with our lives. I used air quotes there. Um, but what was happening internally? Cause I know that I was dealing with a lot of like negative emotions, like shame, like guilt, depression, anxiety. Um, so was that like very similar to you or? 
I would say a lot of chatter in the mind, a lot of, okay. a lot of urgency, a lot of, it was very fast in my mind. My mind was just very fast. Not a lot of, um, not a lot of being present in the moment, not a lot of slowing down, not a lot of enjoying things, just a lot of, I, I keep going back to this, this word of, or this phrase of like the, the checklist that was really like the only thing going on in my mind is like, what do I need to check off today? Essentially, so I can get back to drinking so I can feel that anxiety go away. Like, what do I need to do to be a, a contribution to society, not be a, a, a dirt bag? What do like, what do I need to do to do that? So I can make this anxiety go away. And it was just a very fast, it's, it's, it's a good question because it's tough to explain like what's going on in your brain, but the, the way, like just very rushed, very urgent, very come on, like, let's get this done. It was just not a lot of stillness going on in the brain at all. Yeah. It sounds like you weren't really like in the present moment. You were kind of thinking either like way in the, like what already happened or maybe like worrying about the future yeah not a lot of present being present at all that's why i i love the idea of it so much especially today is because I've, I've spent so much time not being present that it's mm-hmm. i just love the idea of when i can find those those you know pockets of the day where i'm i'm very present it's it's really rewarding yeah definitely and i know i'm I don't know if this is the same thing that you experienced. I don't think that it is, but like definitely for me, like what it looked like because I was, my internal conversation was very much so you embarrassed yourself last night. You made a mistake. Um, You should be ashamed of yourself. Why did you do that? Why did you say that? That was pretty much like the internal dialogue I was having. So a lot of your anxiety was from the night before. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's dive into this. Cause we, I think we experienced this differently. So I want to learn okay. more about this. So like, and just to give you context and then we can like dive into yours more. A lot of my anxiety was not necessarily about the night before. It was just like, I'd remember something I did five years, like anything in my life that could cause anxiety. So I'd think of something five years ago, I felt like in a super vulnerable state. That's how I felt. So it's like, okay, something five years ago could bother me. Something that I know, maybe a bill that I've been pushing off to pay, just not like literally because I'm too lazy to do it. Or it's just like, not, I start thinking about that. It's, it was not, there was, there would obviously be times where I fucked up the night before and I would think about that. But the majority of it was not related at all to the night before. It was just a general increase in anxiety in my entire body, like not related to the night before. Okay, so maybe you were just like looking for like negative things to think about? The, the way that I've heard it described is like, you're anxious, right? So, so we're at baseline anxiety. So I'm gonna drink to alleviate that anxiety. So we bring the anxiety down. But when it, when like that wears off, yeah, like one notch. So when that wears <laughs> off, we actually raise the baseline of where anxiety was. 
So we're playing this game of lower, higher, lower, higher, but each time we hire the anxiety, it, it's, it's called like the rubber band effect. So if we have like a rubber band and we look at the rubber band as anxiety, and then we take the anxiety or yeah, we take the rubber band and we put it around like a coffee mug. So when we take the rubber band off, the rubber band's going to be like more loose, right? Oh, and then okay. if we put it around a basketball and take it off, it's going to be even more loose. So like, yeah, that's kind of the way that I experienced it, where I was just lowering anxiety just to make it even more extreme the next day, totally unrelated at all to anything that I did the night before. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like putting such a strain on the already existing yes. anxiety. Whereas like mine, like even just my mental like illness and issues in general, it definitely weighs more heavy on the depression side than it does the anxiety side. Like I would say my baseline, I'm dealing more with, with um, depressive symptoms. So the thing about like, you know, the, the Sunday scaries that I was experiencing, I, I do describe it as anxiety because it was like, it was so unmanageable, I guess. Like my emotions were just so out of whack and I found myself like shaking I was like sometimes I would be you know crying for what felt like no reason and also I had a lot of just like hopelessness thoughts but I would say yeah it really would be those really like deep negative thoughts were triggered by things that I wasn't you know necessarily like proud of or comfortable with like that happened the night before. So that's what kicked off the general anxiety for you. So like, yeah. So say let's, let's run this example. Say you went out and you didn't do anything bad. Would you still have anxiety the next day? Yeah. I, I had a, someone comment on a TikTok before saying nothing even bad happened last night. And I still feel guilt. And I, it's so weird. Cause it's like, I completely understand what that person is saying. I can't really explain it to a person that's never experienced feeling, it before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't necessarily put it into words to someone that, you know, has probably never dealt with this necessarily, but man, like I read that comment and I was like, dude, I feel you because even, even if something bad didn't happen, it was just, I was really searching for some so, way to be mad at myself in some sense of the word. So maybe we're closer on our anxiety experiences than we're, than we're leading on, because I would say that that kind of is associated with like how mine is. If, if, if you didn't do anything wrong, but you're still feeling like the, just the general levels are high. Like, yeah. But, but it's, maybe it's, I think that my thing was like, I was stuck in the past a lot of the time, whereas you, I think you were trying to live in the future a lot of the time, whereas like I yeah. was really stuck in the past and I would like repeat, like I talk about this with my therapist all the time. I would, we, I'm sure there's like an actual like clinical term for this, but we just call it like the spiral where like I'll, I'll fixate on a certain memory interaction conversation something like that and I just repeat and repeat and repeat and it's like I'm just and it's just getting me lower and lower and lower and before 
Can you hear my cat crying? No. Okay. I have you, I have you in my headphones. So I was hoping that you couldn't. Um, and until I had like healthier coping mechanisms, it was just like, I was just letting myself sit in that spiral and I would just get lower and lower. And this was also another thing that I don't know if we're the same or different when it comes to this, but I really, as fucked up as this sounds, I really in an awful way enjoyed punishing myself and like sitting in that pain. Whereas I, I don't know if you did that or not, or no, if you tried I, I was, to seek escape, like tried to escape it. Yeah. That's where I would try and like, just do the checklist to, to get, like okay. I wasn't going to be irresponsible and like drink before I got my stuff done. Um, Cause you know, I was just such a responsible person back then. <laughs> <laughs> I I was going to get my stuff done but it that's why I was so rushed. So like that is a pretty key difference between how we how we dealt with it because I was sounds like you kind of wanted to punish yourself and I almost wanted to reward myself in the sense of like I feel like shit but if I can still do everything today then I can make this go away. Well, and it's also it maybe even just like the actions on the outside didn't look that different, but my mindset was different. So for example, you know, I still worked out. Okay. So like when I was drinking, I was still a physically active person. I would still go to the gym, but when I would go to the gym on Sundays, it was like, I really wanted to like punish myself for like drinking bad, eating bad, you know, being unhealthy, over the weekend, probably smoking nicotine. Like I'm thinking all of these, you know, why did, why did I do all these unhealthy things? So then on Sunday, I saw the gym as like, you have to kick your ass because you just did all of this like bad shit to your body. Whereas now, like I'm still going to the gym every Sunday, but the mentality is different in the fact that I go to the gym because I like love the way that my body feels when I'm like in shape, <laughs> you're, ce you're celebrating like, yes, versus yeah. punishing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's, that's a great shift, first of all, to have, like, <laughs> it, whether it, it deals with alcohol or not, like working out to celebrate your body versus punishing it. But um, one thing I, I am curious about when did what like, what point so like let's say you start drinking at 6 p.m what time would the anxiety start setting in is it while you're still drinking is it when the middle of the night morning um definitely not that same night but there was moments where I would have already gone to sleep and then I wake up in like the middle of the night I was hoping you were gonna say that I was and hoping that was you were going to so, say that. So overwhelming that feeling. I have chills just thinking about it cuz I'm I it like scares me how awful that feeling was. So I'm going to describe that feeling for me and you tell me if it's like similar or not. So Okay. And it was always the same time. I had it every night cuz I drank every night. It was always at 3:01 like 3 to 3:05 a.m. like that is on spooky. the dot. Spooky. <laughs> But I would have like heart palpitations and I would like, yeah. <gasps> like wake up like that, like, <gasps> like breathing. And then I would instantly think about like 
if I was actually alive or not. And like how, okay, this, the look that I'm getting That's is scary. making it sound like this is not a, a, a popular reaction. Um, no, no, no. It very well could be. I just, <laughs> mine just might be different. Yeah. So I would like wake up like barely breathing or like pal- heart palpitation, like kind of barely breathing, which does seem actually, I've heard a lot of people talk about how that's as far as the heart palpitations go around two or 3 AM, mm-hmm. that seems pretty common. But um, then I would just like instantly have these like negative confused thoughts where my body's just so run down. My brain's barely work. I'm like, what's going on? And it was just like, that's when it would start for me. Then my, I would realize how tightly clenched my jaw was um, just like all these physical signs of anxiety. And then it's super hard to go back to sleep after that. Yeah, definitely. Like waking up, my heart is absolutely pounding. It feels like it's pounding like up against my chest. Um, also a pretty immediate thing I would do right after like realizing I was awake is I would like run through the night of like from, Oh yeah from when the night began to like okay and then we went to this person's apartment and then we went to this bar and then we went to the and then obviously the worst case scenario would be like when I would experience a blackout and I would realize like Julia you blacked out again like are you are you kidding me and you know not saying I was um blacking out every single time that I drank but you know I'll be completely honest with you guys like it was an it was something that happened often. Like it definitely happened, you know, frequently for me. So just that disappointment was really overwhelming, especially when I, you know, would like go into the night with like definitely not that intention. That's kind of what we touched about on a couple of weeks ago where it's like, there's not a lot of self-confidence when you're drinking because you just literally, well, sorry, not when you're drinking. I but didn't like trust when, myself. When you're drinking and you don't want to drink because, yeah, you can't yeah. even trust yourself. We're doing things that we said we weren't going to do. So how can we, like, trust ourselves? Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the time, this is why I have, like, such a – well, I shouldn't have a problem with other people doing it because I'm not living their experience. But at least with my experience, like, I used to tell myself that alcohol, like, gave me confidence – Whereas like now I'm realizing that that was false. That was a false narrative that I was taught. I was telling myself what is the actual truth is like what I'm living now, which is like, instead of having a spike of confidence on Friday nights, I just have this like baseline. And that's because I trust myself. Like my intentions match my actions. And that gives me such a good sense of self Like I know who I am and I see, I'm like clear on who I am. Whereas it was weird. I I didn't realize at the time, but like, I think my self-confidence was so low because I would like tell myself I was going to do or not going to do these certain things. And then I would do the opposite. And I was like, shit girl, like you don't even know who the fuck you are. Yeah. That's a, that's a really strange spot to be in. And I think we've all been there, especially if you're listening to this podcast, then I'm assuming it's because, you know, you've drank when you haven't wanted to drink or you you're curious Mm -hmm. about getting to a spot where this stuff doesn't happen. But um, or you were going to drink, but not drink as much as you drank. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, 
the, the those two three a.m. wake ups are just like excruciating. I mean, would you be able to fall back asleep after that, or was that? I was just gonna say there were times where I I did not fall back asleep, so I was up for the remainder of the Sunday starting my day at 3 a.m. And like that, oh. it's just such a domino effect. It's like, of course, you know, it's like, of course my work week is starting off shitty. Of course, like on Monday, I'm feeling like so overwhelmed with what ha- what piled up over the weekend. And just the fact of like, I didn't actually get like all the things done that I wanted to get done on Sunday because I was, I had no choice but to lay around. <laughs> so it's such a, domino effect and I don't think you know a lot of the time people are thinking like oh well if it's just you know oh okay I got too drunk on Saturday night like uh, I'm you know I missed out kind of on like that Saturday night and it's like well at least for me that wasn't just my Saturday night I'm missing out on Sunday I'm missing out on Monday I'm like starting to kind of feel myself on Tuesday so it's not just it's just so much bigger than I than I originally thought it was Right. Yeah. That's it's, it's never, and I've always kind of said that it's never just the the night for me that it was never the night of the drinking. It was the, the domino effect or the chain reaction that kicked off after that. And, and you know, it's kind of scary that I've, I've heard on a lot of podcasts that I listen to and, and just to like clarify this, because I think it, it might surprise some people. The podcasts that I listen to are not about alcoholics that wake up in the morning and drink all day like because that's just not a that's not the like type of drinking that I did so the podcasts mm-hmm. that I listen to are are more drinkers that just drank at night or whatever however a popular theme on those podcasts that I've heard is that people would wake up like we did in the middle of the night 2 3 a.m and they would have liquor beside their bed so that they could take a shot which would alleviate that anxiety and then fall back asleep. And that was like, it seems to be a very common like tipping point where they're like, Oh, this is, this is kind of the action where I'm like, this is really bad. Right. Um, I never got to that point. I, I, I think that that would have been like, that was just probably a mental barrier that I was like, if I do that, then I have to quit drinking almost in a way like oh that that's too real like i i'm not an alcoholic because i don't do that so it doesn't matter if i wake up at 2 or 3 a.m every day i'm I'm at least not drinking then yeah yeah and that just goes to show well first i've heard a lot of people having that exact experience that you're talking about um also i've heard of a lot of folks talking about hiding alcohol like around their house so that whether it be like their roommates or their partners aren't able to see it, but that they knew they'd like have it just in case, like they'd have it on hand in case they, in case they needed it. Um, again, like that was not, you know, my reality. Um, I think that I was just like, I was just too sick. Like I was just too like stomach ill that I wouldn't even be able like to stomach that. Yeah. Yeah. So you were like physically sick. A lot of the time. Yeah. Not all the time though. And you know, it just goes to show like I wasn't 
a next day drinker. I wasn't a morning drinker, but that does not mean I wasn't even a during the week drinker. Right. But it was still this massive issue in my life, but I did not see it that way for years, on year, years and years and years. Unarguably the two most important days of the week, the, the two days that you have to, to be you truly be you versus yeah. working for someone else. Like, you know, cause we, we all do that. Right. Like, and there's nothing that, that does, that's not like me saying that in a negative entrepreneurial influencer way of like, don't work for the man, but it's just like, yeah, for us to make money, we have to work. And like the weekend should be our, our kind of special time to, to be able to do what we want and, and live true to our values and our lives. And it's, it's this, this ground where, you know, sometimes I was guilty of, of escaping during that time, not only during the weekdays, but like the weekends were my all day drinking, you know, oh, I can mm-hmm. drink from 10 AM till 10 PM and it's okay. Cause it's the weekend and I don't have any responsibilities and it's just nice to kind of like be away from that. Um, but, but when you woke up, let's say you didn't wake up in the middle of the night, it's just like Sunday morning, you wake up. How many times did you have the thought of like, I gotta quit doing this. And and maybe when did that, that thought start? I mean, I probably had the thought of like, I don't want to drink as often. I probably started having that thought in college. But the thing is, I would then probably like cool it on like the amount that I was drinking for like a few weekends. And so I would kind of start having this like less negative response to drinking, but then I would like kind of always fall back into my more where I was like over drinking. Yeah. So that was, you know, and then I would do the same thing that I wake up again and I'd be like, oh, I want to you know, cool it on the drinking, then, you know, three weekends would go by and I, I would be chilled, but I, I definitely didn't, I didn't actually consider that as a possibility until like literally like a year ago. So about when you decided to, to quit. Yeah. Like right, right around that time. It's so, it's so fucking hard. Moderation is so fucking hard. Not, not even just drinking moderation going to the gym in moderation, nearly impossible. If you tell me right. I can go to the gym once a week, that's going to be hard as shit. Like, yeah, because I'm either going to, for me, it's, and maybe that's just me. I like black or white. I think if I'm to go to the gym once a week, it would just feel one kind of pointless Two, hard to get in routine. Like it just, for me, doing anything in moderation is just difficult. And maybe that, as I say that out loud, maybe that's like a personal problem, but um, yeah, like my brain obsesses. If I, if like, if I were to do what you were saying, where it's like, okay, I'll limit myself. I would just obsess over that limiting. My brain would be like, okay. So I, I, I'm saying I can have three drinks tonight. Well, what if, what if I just took this weekend off and I had six next weekend? Like that's exactly where my brain goes the second you just said that. Yeah, it it became very um, obsessive, I guess, like when I would be trying to do that. And it just goes to show with like the other thing that you were saying 
is like the weekend is really meant for you to get some type of like relief from your everyday, like hard life where you're like, you, you know, when you're at work, you're obviously like working your brain, you know, you're on your A game. And so the weekend really should be the point where you kind of turn off your mind. But I think a lot of people are thinking that meaning like, oh, I want to turn off my mind. So I'm going to get drunk. That's how I'm going to turn it off. Whereas like, I do still go through like turning off my mind now that I'm sober, but it's because I'm doing it in like such a different way Yeah. of like, you know, instead I'm going to, you know, some type of like yoga class and I'm putting my phone away and I'm, that's how I'm turning off. And I don't have to then, you know, deal with the consequence of anxiety because, you know, the alcohol is the alcohol and the human body is the human body. Like it's, gonna, I'm going to have some type of bad reaction to it. It just kind of matters on like how bad. Yeah. And that's something hurting. like, that's a good segue into some of the, something I wanted to talk about too, is like, if you have anxiety, you're probably going to have anxiety when you quit drinking. So like, that's just the, the real realistic part of it. But what we can do is like change our threshold of anxiety. So maybe we bump that threshold from where public speaking is what sends us into a panic attack. Maybe that's, that's where we're at. Maybe in sobriety, that threshold raises above that. So now we don't throw into a, we don't go into a panic attack when we public speak, or we have the tools to, to breathe our way out of that, or we can control our, like, we can control our heart rate. And I know this is kind of like going into like deeper levels of stuff, but you, you do have the power to control things that can keep you out of anxiety or keep you out of panic. And I think it's important to realize that when, when you're hung over your body's in a state of, of, trying to get rid of alcohol and your brain chemicals are messed up. You're not giving yourself a fighting chance. So Mm -hmm. there are tools that we can like implement, but you do kind of have to be in a, a, I don't know if like a primed body brain state is like the the way to say it, but like you kind of want to be at baseline as far as your, your mind and body to give yourself that, that fighting shot of like, I can do this. I can raise the, I can raise the threshold of where anxiety is. Yeah. That reminds me of, you know, I took antidepressants since 2018 and, but I was drinking every weekend from 2018 to 2021. So I really was not offering that drug like a fighting chance to help me because I was throwing off my baseline so bad that it just it was going to have like little to no effect on me and you know that's probably because I wasn't drinking any more often than the people that I was surrounding myself with so it didn't really seem like it was like out of the ordinary but yeah it is I like wish that I'm so shocked that 
in in such a time that we're talking about how you know what a common occurrence it is for people to have mental illness and yet we're also still just like turning a blind eye to the binge drinking every weekend and it's like dude you can't what like (laughs) how are you expecting to fight one while also having that yeah and it's like people that that don't really care about stuff or like people that don't really experience depression or anxiety that drink like that's cool that's great but there's people that actually like dedicate their hours of their day on like body optimization right like okay breath work cold plunges um grounding green green drinks green drinks just all this crazy like over not crazy but like all this stuff to really optimize their body and then friday saturday they just like absolutely destroy all the work that they did that's always been kind of fascinating to me like because surely they they know but it's just like i'd rather and i'm not saying like maybe they feel really good during the week like i'm sure they feel better than they would if they didn't do that but it was just kind of interesting that that one could obsess over body optimization and mind optimization and then just be like but i am gonna go hard friday saturday <laughs> even yeah, versus like yeah. moderate you know even versus like i'm gonna have a few like they just go full sin. It's like, damn, interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, what was I going to just say? No. I always try and jot notes down when, because I always forget that stuff too. <laughs> oh, I know what I was going to say. Sorry. Um, what I was going to say was, um, obviously like this, these things that we're talking about, like it's a very case by case basis, of course. Oh. But I do want to mention, like, I feel like a lot of the time, like what I'm imagining my target audience is like before I post a TikTok, before I post an Instagram post, I really am talking to the folks. Sorry. I really am talking to the folks that they are going to therapy and they are taking medication and they are working out and they are doing yoga and they are meditating and they are journaling and they still feel like their emotions are unmanageable are you saying they're sober too no like they haven't oh, explored oh. sobriety yet so it's oh, like yeah. i'm that's what i'm talking to i'm that's talking to that person work. that's like <laughs> and it's like i mean it's not easy but it's like that's the last link that's for sure that's the last link it's like if you can cut that out you're doing all the right things but people don't think it's an issue <laughs> i know i know and like, again, if it's not an issue, then like fucking go hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, a- I, you know, I can only talk about like from, you know, this, this is how alcohol negatively affected me. And this is, these are the reasons why I think that that's probable of like mm-hmm. why that was the case. But I'm, I'm completely like not naive to the fact that I'm not saying a blanket statement. I'm not saying everyone. I'm just saying it's probably a lot more people than we're currently thinking. This is off topic, but I wanted to share it. So I went to a football game yesterday and a college football game. And this team is undefeated. So like the the fan base, this it's KU. So I'm a K-State fan, but it's the neighboring school. They've won like six games in the past like 10 years or some shit. But 
they're they're three and oh four and oh right now so everyone in the city's like holy shit like we're the best team ever <laughs> so they sold the stadium out yesterday fifty thousand people to watch their four and oh team that had they've won more games this season than like the past 10 years the beer lines were over an hour long so you don't get to watch how long the, is a game <laughs> three hours right so if you want two beers and it's like (laughs) so the the point of this is like and maybe some people are there just to like you know be in the social but like still i'm not standing in line for i mean that's crazy standing in line for an hour i'm not even exaggerating it was really an hour um oh i believe it. it it just it was one of those moments where it's like damn i'm glad because i know i would be in that fucking line just all antsy <laughs> well and okay this is a good segue that you know it wasn't just like people talk about all the time like oh you know the money that you save when you when you're not drinking there's there's a bunch of different ways that you can look at the benefits of of not drinking but I was so sick and tired of wasting time oh. because that is the one thing that we just we don't get back and yeah. The amount of like, I was at a sober event yesterday and there was people all, all different ages, people my age, 20 years older than me, 30 years older than me, you know, everything in between. And like the comment that I kept getting the most is like, you know, I'm so like happy for you that you're discovering this right now. I, Mm -hmm. I would do anything, anything to go back and be able to make that decision that you made at your age where it's like I'm even thinking like I wish I made this decision like 10 years ago we're young yeah I know we're young I mean our I plan on thriving during my 30s I don't know about you but like that's what I'm so excited for my 30s (laughs) I'll, I'll be 30 in two months now so um literally to the date actually kind of weird um but I'm like looking forward to to like really thriving in my thirties. And I'm, I'm so glad that my twenties have been what they've been. They've been unorthodox. I would say, you know, I've lived a lot of places. I've, I've not really had a partner that's lasted very long. Like I've, I've been forced to explore parts of myself that I don't want to explore and Mm -hmm. like go to therapy and, and just like quit drinking and, and, face things and I'm like damn that's a lot of work that I've done for myself for my 30s to like now hopefully like continue doing this obviously but I can just show up so intentionally in in a lot of areas of my life where maybe I wouldn't have had the awareness the confidence the you know any any of that before so I'm just like super thankful for for going through, I mean, like this sounds crazy, but me and me and my friend were talking about this the other day. It's like trauma is what's going to turn you into whatever you are. And by not having trauma, that's trauma in itself because that's how, isn't that crazy? It's like by not having trauma, that's when you can be 40 years old, just like super unhappy. And you're saying things like, I don't know why I'm not happy. Like I have the perfect husband. I have the kids. I, I, 
Yeah. I live in a nice neighborhood. Like, I don't know why I'm not happy. That's what, but, but it's easy not to go to therapy. It's easy not to explore things when life is going well. So that's when you can get to age 40. You've never once been to therapy. You've never once had to explore self self care, self improvement. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad to have gone through all of this at a younger age where not that I don't, not that I can quit going to therapy by any means, but I just feel like I have the tools to, to set myself up for a great run in my thirties. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as positive as I talk about sobriety on my page, and I do that because I want people to understand that their life doesn't end when they stop drinking. But on top of that, I think we were talking about this last week of, you know, there are folks out there that when they do give sobriety a try, they give it such a short amount of time. And it's like, dude, it's probably going to get worse before it starts getting better. That's how, that's how this works. Like when I realized that I experienced, you know, like I knew I had a rough time growing up, but it wasn't until my adult life where I realized like, Oh, I'm, I'm actually like traumatized. I actually carry this with me every day. I, I'm going to probably have to start uh, working on that soon. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that as, as much as I would love for, you know, <laughs> for people to just realize that they have things, I hate to say this this way, but they have things wrong with them. And then from that moment on, it gets better. Yeah. But it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all have something so. wrong. Like, wrong with us you know and what's what's crazy cool in a way about the brain is is it can hide it from you it can it can literally I was I was talking with a friend who recently started going to therapy and she said something super interesting to me she said they realized in couples therapy they realized in therapy that when they were going through a difficult time the husband, his mind blacked out that time. He doesn't even remember it. She, and the way that they figured this out was they asked him to describe the apartment that they lived in and he couldn't remember the apartment. He couldn't tell you anything about how it looked or so the brain will protect you, which is just, I don't, I don't know if you've heard of like people that wake up in the middle of the night in their thirties and they realize like something that happened as a kid or like that yeah. happens to people. It's kind of it's terrifying. It's not even kind of terrifying. T- terrifying. It's really terrifying. Um, but yeah, like that stuff can, your brain can hide that stuff from you. And that's why I feel it's so important to, to be active in doing that work so that if that happens or, you know, you can maybe discover that kind of st- whatever it might be. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm going on a weird tangent here, but it's, I'm just but, very passionate about putting yourself in a good position to move forward in life. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm hoping that folks get out of this episode is the fact that like, you know, it's not your fault that you're having this really um, bad reaction to a substance that's really bad for you. That, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like we're getting from point A to point B by, by doing that thing, but although it's not your fault that you're experiencing that it is your responsibility. If you want to better 
yourself. And if you know that there's demons that you have to face, certain ways that you have to take care of yourself, it's in your power to change, to literally change your reality. And I hate to know that there's, you know, kids like me that was like 17 and 18. And I had like, I had so much like just emotional baggage that I had not even like began unpacking. And I just wish that someone told me, you know, you being super emotionally unstable on Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays, it doesn't have to be that way. If you don't want it, if you don't want it to be that way. And it's a fulfilling journey. It's a very fulfilling journey. And I know, but just think about it like anything else in life. Oh, you're probably scared to quit drinking because it's scary, right? Well, think about every other part of your life that's been scary. And then you did it. How did you feel afterwards? You probably felt super fulfilled. You probably felt very proud of yourself. Yeah, you felt proud of yourself. You felt accomplished. And it's the same thing. Now, is it a bigger jump than maybe doing something one time? Yeah, it is. But the results are going to be, if you're struggling with something like this, the results are going to be more than just one time too. You're going to get a lifelong result for a lifelong commitment. Exactly. That was good ass advice. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) That might've been really loud on the, on the mic, but I no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. (laughs) I did a mic drop. All right, let's get out of here. Um, Let's get a guest. Thank you guys for listening. Yes. I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm down. <laughs> we'll get a guest. Sorry, guys. We we threw nine episodes at you of just us. You're like, we get it, guys. We get it. Bring someone. You're like, we need a break from Julia and Blazik's voice. Please, please bring on a guest. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll do it next week. Um, all right. Have a good week. Thanks, guys. Peace.